right. Well, good morning. Great to see you all this morning and uh, that we're able to connect after the weekend's adventures. Uh, let me just pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us life. Thank you for inviting us in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our reading is from Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Well, this is a really familiar passage, probably to most of us. Um, it's captured by artists over the centuries and right at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. At this point in the story, Jesus' identity, remember, is in question. There are loads of things in this passage that are fascinating, really worth exploring. I also know it's a passage that the Lee Abbey community has shaped them significantly in the last few years. This account appears in all four Gospels, while actually Jesus' birth only appears in, appears in two. So this is very significant. Jesus, the God-man, is being baptised by John, and that in itself is something you might want to think about. But it's one of the rare Bible passages that we actually see the Trinity in play together. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in view in one place. Now, most of us who've been in church a while know that the Trinity is a bit mysterious, we think, and also a little bit complicated to try and get our heads around. But if you'll bear with me this morning, I'm going to just take a bit of time to, to talk about it. But someone might say, well, so what? What's the Trinity ever done for us? What's the point? Well, the answer is quite a lot, actually. I remember as I grew up, talk of three-leaf clovers, three different rooms in the same house, water, ice and steam were pictures people used to try and convey the Trinity. I personally was never very captivated by some of those pictures and some of that thinking. But also I've grown to understand with increasing measure over the last period of my life how essential it is to grasp it in some ways. I'm going to look this morning at one of the pictures of the Trinity, which is called the social view of the Trinity. It's a really familiar image for us in this story. The Holy Spirit descending on Jesus as a dove. But you see, when the Gospels were written, it was actually really rare. In the writings of Judaism, there is only one place where the Spirit of God is likened to a dove. And that's in the Aramaic translation of Hebrew scriptures. It's in Genesis 1, verse 2. It says that the Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. The Hebrew word there used can be translated as flutter. The spirit fluttered 
over the face of the waters in creation. We see the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit active in the creation of the world. And the same three persons are here in our reading this morning at Jesus' baptism. As God's plan for redemption, God's plan for renewal of the whole world takes place. The Father in a beautiful image, enveloping Jesus with stunning words of affirmation before Jesus has done anything. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Son, the living word, receiving the life of the Father and the Spirit, being baptised immediately. Spirit fluttering like a dove, covering Jesus in power. It's actually a really beautiful image for me. So one God in three persons, all of the same essence, but also different. And what we see here is a glimpse of the reality of God. It was a famous Christian writer, C.S. Lewis, he said, God is not a static thing, but a dynamic, a pulsating activity, a person of life, almost, if you will, not think me to irreverence, a kind of dance. On Sunday, I mentioned going for a walk and see, seeing three cabbage-wide butterflies fluttering over my head in a beautiful, prolonged dance between each other. It's a very different picture of how many of us envisage God. The theologian Cornelius Plantinger develops this further, and he says this, if you just bear with me this morning, it's a bit heavy, but sit with it for a second. These three persons of the Trinity exalt each other. They commune with each other and defer to one another in constant movement of overture and acceptance. Each person envelops and encircles the other. God's interior life overflows with regard to others. It's a picture of a joyful, eternal dance, of glorifying each other, of knowing and loving one another. So if this is true, if this picture of the, a dance of the triune God is true, if it's helpful and reflects reality, if ultimate reality is a dance, then this news matters to us more than anything else in the world. Because it provides a huge fountain, a wellspring of energy, a beauty and a life and a source of life that changes things for us. Now, as anybody who knows me will attest, and Joe particularly will attest, I am absolutely rubbish at dancing. But why a dance? What's compelling about a dance? See, the thing is this, is a, self, is a self-centred life, is a stationary life. The selfish get everything and everybody else to orbit around them so that everybody else can meet their own needs. It's all about me. It's all about my needs. It's all about my wants, about my desires, my will, me, 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 me. But this picture of the Trinity is completely different. Instead of self-centeredness, we discover mutual self-giving love, voluntarily circling and orbiting around other persons. 
So if this picture of the Trinity is both helpful and also a reality, then relationships of love is what life is all about. See, if there's no God, if actually all this is imaginary and up there and nothing real, if our existence is really all blind chance and natural selection, if that's all there is, then what we call love is really all just chemicals. But if since the beginning of creation, the beginning, it's actually been a community, even before creation, it's been a community of persons knowing and loving one another. Ultimate reality is about loving relationships. So why did God create the world? He created the world to give and share the joy and the wonder and the splendor that God already had. And God invites us to join in that same dance. It's what we were created for and made for. Created to center our lives on God, to connect with God, to serve and to love unconditionally. Are you in the dance this morning with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit? Let me pray. Loving Father, I want to thank you afresh for your gift of life to me and to us as a church and to your world. Thank you for the words of affirmation that you speak over our lives when we remember our baptisms. That as we commit ourselves to you and surrender ourselves to you, that we receive your life. Thank you for the power of the Spirit and the person of Jesus this morning. Would you help us to live in the light of who you are and to bless others this day, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.